Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone, and I have a returning guest here on the podcast. You've seen him with some of my other friends from college. You've seen him on a solo episode. Now we are in his home state here in Colorado. Currently, we're in a a nice little house in Woodland Park, Colorado, which is about, would you say, 30 minutes from Colorado Springs? Not even, yep. But yeah, so a little less than 30 minutes from Colorado Springs. Came out here with uh, with a few of my friends and my lady to just enjoy the mountains, some nature, some snow, uh, different vibes. And so Tyler lives in Colorado Springs, so he came out to hang. We just had some lunch. We also went to Garden of the Gods earlier, which was really beautiful. But I welcome back my good friend, my good buddy, Tyler Shannon, to the pod. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thank you. Love you, man. Love you, too. So you know what question I'm going to ask you. I think everyone knows what question I'm going to ask you. This is episode number 82 of the podcast. I think I've been starting off the podcast now in this way for maybe the last 50 episodes or so. I'm doing good. And uh, no, come on, dude. (laughs) Come on. Um, And this last solo episode you you saw Tyler on was, uh, I I think it was uh, titled Decade of Stone. We did it right when 2020 hit. Mm-hmm. So now we're in January of 2022. Wow, January 20th to be exact, 2022, episode 82 of Jackson Talks, everybody. Tyler and I have been friends now since 2012. Right, so Is that right? That's when you, yeah, because you, you got to South Dakota State as a junior, right? Yep. Which is 2012, because then you graduated 2014. Well, 15, yeah, well, but I did, yep. Well, yep. stop playing ball in 2014. Yep, yep, and then yep. you played pro ball, but we'll get into that a little bit too. Anyways, yeah, so... Yeah, you're, you know the question I'm going to ask, but for new listeners, maybe there are new listeners, hopefully there are, amazing, welcome to the show, but the question I ask, the question that my podcast is centered around is this question because I, I think if we answer it openly and honestly and introspectively, we can create more connection between each other and connection creates more unity, it creates more love, which is um, what's most important, right? Love, intimate relationships with those around you, whether friends, whether romantic, whether family members, whether random people you meet on the street, asking and answering this question honestly when you have the space to do so is very important. So Tyler, I've asked you this on and off camera, but uh, how are you doing? Like for real, for real? I'm good. Yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, I think life throws things at you, you know, trials and tribulations. Mm but at the end of the day, um, very, very good. I, um, I think all of those things that you encounter uh, make you for who you are. Sometimes they're tougher than, than others, you know. Uh, and, and I'm not one to sit here and complain, you know. I, I think a lot of people have it worse. But, uh, yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm good. I, it took me a while. There was times where I was low, struggling. But uh, I found my peace, and um, I'm chilling. I'm good. Was there uh, any specific actions that you took to find that peace, or was it just some time, some patience, some persistence? Yeah, I I think every person's different. I would like to picture myself as a resilient human being. Um, So, you know, some people might need more help than than I needed, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think... um, Having a a brother like like mine allows me to put things into perspective a whole lot easier than it would be for someone, you know, 
that that maybe doesn't have that that uh, situation. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, so for me, I think it was just time, and and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you always have problems in your life. I don't care who you are. Some minor, some major, depending on who is viewing those, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but yeah. I think mine were fairly minor and, um, you know, I'm able to get through them. I still got a few, you know, here and there, you know, but uh, I think that's just life. And, um, yeah, I'm good, though. I, I was able just to deal with it uh, maybe differently than another human would. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, perspective and individual experience, uh, you have to take those into account when looking at, you know, what a struggle might be to someone or what a trauma might be to someone or what a pain might be to someone because two people can perceive to be experiencing the exact same thing but view it in a totally different way Correct. like for yeah. someone it could be just like another day for another person it could be trauma with a big t and so it, perspective and and taking account into how you grew up where you grew up your individual experience what your caregivers taught you how you learn to handle those types of things um, play a huge role in that yeah, and yeah. play a huge role in overcoming those types of things as well. Correct. Which everyone can overcome basically anything. I think we've been shown that over the last couple of years as a collective, right? That we're much more resilient than we, than we give ourselves credit for. And that, yes, there are t loads of things that we are afraid of, but we're tougher than those things. Um, and that's super important. So yeah, cool. Thanks for sharing. No problem. <clears throat> so I had a thought, actually we had a collective thought, me and, the people that are in this thing in this house when we are driving down the road to the Walmart to get some supplies and then eventually down to garden of the gods that we're only here for a few days here in Colorado and the scenes here, the mountains, uh, the nature, the vibes, the atmosphere is much different than where I currently live, which is in Plano, Texas or Dallas, Texas. And so seeing all of the, the mountains and the scenery is like, Every time you see it, it's like a magical, breathtaking moment for us, right? Being here in a very short, limited amount of time. So we had a thought that is it the same for someone who lives in Woodland Park and they see this no chance. every and they see this every day and they've been seeing this every day. So for someone who's lived here for a while but also maybe lived other places for a bit. Right. Yeah. What 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 thoughts do you have on that? Well, so like obviously I'm a little bit different than your normal uh, average human who doesn't get to travel, right? I've been to 48 states. I've lived in nine different states, and so coming back for me, I, I was I view it the same way that you do, right? But maybe a little bit differently because I've seen it my whole life. Um, but you definitely don't view it the same. It's the same as anything else. When you go to Texas, um, just for instance. Like I'm a sports guy, right? So seeing Dallas Cowboys Stadium is different when you see it for the first time. But when you drive past it to go to work every day, you probably don't even notice it anymore, mm -hmm. right? So it's the same thing. Now, like the mountains are a little more prestigious than just the stadium, right? But yeah, at the same time, you see it every day. It just becomes like normal, mm -hmm. right? And every once in a while, you catch yourself, maybe, maybe just me, I don't know. I'd say I like to think that other people do this as well, but I couldn't speak for them. You catch yourself like, and you think to yourself, well, I should probably view this, right? Like I should look at this. And I'd say certain parts of the state are a little bit different. Like when I go up to Telluride or Aspen, I don't see that every day. Mm -hmm. And that's even a completely different perspective than it is here. Like you got mountains and stuff, you got snow here, but it ain't even close to the same. I think that 
like the, the northwestern, western part of Colorado in the mountains is the most beautiful part of the entire country. Uh, that's a personal opinion, obviously. So when I go there, you view it, right? You, viewing it is different, right? But like, I see it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And here you kind of just kind of, it's just part of your everyday life. It's part of your backyard. Yeah. And I would say that not everyone in Colorado is the same. There's people that live south or east and there's literally no mountains. Right. It's like Nebraska, right? So those people that come this way see it. But I, yeah, if you see it every day, for sure, I think that's with anything. It just becomes normal. Like, mm. a, you know, mm. your brain, you forget the, forget to view it. You still see it, but you don't see it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think that's like the basis of, gra of gratitude, right? Or, yep. or what I like to call it is being a researcher of the good. So in terms of, <clears throat> there's an exercise that you can do to become more of a researcher of the good or to build more fundamental optimism in your life, which is relates to gratitude a lot, right? Optimism is the fundamental belief that things are going to work out for the best through the proper effort, attention, and time, right? Not just naive optimism that whatever, right? But real, actual optimism, right? But that goes into, if you're an optimistic person, you're more grateful and you can see the things in your life that are beautiful, right? But if you become, want to become a researcher good or more optimist or optimistic and see the beauty in life, you have to you have to do it. You have to force yourself to see those things. And I tell people to write down three amazing things that happen to them every single day for the next 30 days. And so when they hear a word's amazing, they're thinking of like these huge monumental moments that happen in their life. And those don't happen every day. The amazing moments that happen every day are the small mundane type of things that we take for granted because they've they become invisible, right? So an amazing moment could be that Tyler's at the grocery store with his mom and he opens the door for a lady carrying her groceries and she says thank you and they have a smile, right? Because she couldn't get the door because she's carrying her groceries. That interaction right there, if we're present enough to see it, could be an amazing moment, right? Or Tyler asks if he could take the, the, one of the lady's groceries to her car with her because she seems like she's struggling. That's an amazing moment for both people, right? But those are the small things that we could write down at the end of the day that aren't small, but we say are small that are amazing moments that we need to look at to become more of a researcher of the good. And the same thing with like having a mountain in your backyard or having a grocery store to go to every day that works, that has food that people are working at that you can supply yourself with, right? We, we tend to not see what's in front of us when it becomes automatic. Yeah. And so taking a step back from that and being able to realize how amazing and significant some of these things are that we take for granted every day are is when we start to become a researcher of the good, we start to build more optimism, and we start to build an actual gratitude practice, not this, like, pretend gratitude practice that's about, like, what, anyways, that's, like, all over Instagram, but still, like, really actually building a fundamental belief in how thankful we are for our life. And so I think that plays a, a role into literally exactly how you just explained it. And I just explained it in, in like, a more scientific way, but, yeah. Does that make sense to you? I agree with you, yeah. So I think that's cool because I, I mean, I fall into the same trap. Like I'm only saying this because I need the same information as well. And I have to do this work every day to make sure that I'm finding the good in my life. Well, I mean, your brain is trained one to work away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And in order to get it to work another way. You have to train it. Exactly. You have to train it. You have to train the mental skills and the mental reps. And yeah. I, I don't want to live a life where I'm not present. 
of all these things that I'm potentially missing, like the beauty of nature, right? How cool is the infrastructure that I can drive from Texas to Colorado, basically on one road? That's, someone built that, like that's incredible shit. And I can do it safely in a car? Wow, unbelievable. What? Safely. Safely, yeah, like, you know, God willing, right? There's a lot of unpredictable factors, right? Sure. But like that stuff is incredibly amazing. Uh, and I've been trying to train myself to see that more often. It's really hard, mm -hmm. right? When you haven't done it for so long, but it goes to show you that you can change, right? You can grow, you can adapt, you can overcome these types of things. <clears throat> but, so that's really cool. Thanks for saying that. Cool. Anyways, any, any more to say on that? No, okay. I, I, kind of. Okay. I don't think that there is anything quite like the mountains in the correct place for mental health. No, it's amazing. It's a different type of experience. Like, even if you get down to the minute details of just breathing in the air, it's like it feels different. Uh -huh. It's right, everything about it is different. Yeah. So I think that it can kind of cleanse your soul almost. 100%. Right? Um, yeah, that's what I had to that's say. That's why getting outside, going for a walk, moving your body outside, appreciating nature are some of the tools that you can have in your toolbox for uh, improving your mental health. Something yeah. that you should do daily. Uh, and that can be part of anyone's life, no matter really where you live, right? You might have some nuances and complications about where yeah. you might live to fix yeah, that. For but sure. You can always get outside. Exercise. Bit, right? And move your body. Yeah. And honor your body in, in that way so that it's honoring you back. And I For think, sure. I think that's important. I think, right. I think throughout my hardest times yeah. recently, mm -hmm. the thing that helped me the most was exercise. Beautiful. Right? I, yeah. I think it just, for some reason, the way your body's built. Yeah. It, like you exert energy outward. Mm -hmm. And a lot of time that is the, ne the negative. Right? Yeah. So, I, yeah. You're I releasing just, those. And if you can combine the two, mountains and exercise, yeah. whether that's hiking or running, whatever it might be for you, mm -hmm. prospectively, mm -hmm. right? Is the, yeah, one of the greatest things that, yeah, yeah. I, I believe in God. This is a different su subject, mm -hmm. right? Different topic. Mm -hmm. But I believe he may, made this for a reason. Sure. And it is good for our soul. Good for our soul. Yeah. Good for our mental health. Right. Absolutely. That was a great opening. Well done. All right, let's flip the script a little bit. Cool. Let's go into, uh, besides Colorado and the mountains and nature, another yeah. one of your favorite subjects. Maybe your most favorite subject. By far my most favorite subject. Which is sports. Yeah, no question. <clears throat> Background on Tyler, played Division One baseball with me at South Dakota State. He went on to play a little bit of pro ball um, with... Uh, two different levels, yeah. Two different levels of professional baseball. With uh, another guest that I've had regularly on here, Sam Pack, which is another guy we played baseball with, they played together on a few times on a few team on one team. Um, I mean, yeah. So yeah, my first year we needed a catcher at the end. We said, hey, I know a guy. I said I know a guy. I called Sam. He came for like ten games. Yeah. Don't know the answer. Then obviously he did good. So I called him again. Yeah. And you made it all the way up to play for the Sioux Falls Canaries. Yes, and Joplin. And Both, Joplin. which is yep. Double A, independent, yep. American Association. Yes, yeah. great. So that's your that's your background um, in baseball specifically. Correct. Now, as an adult who just is like a big fan of sports, what are, what are your favorite sports? Football, no question, is by far my favorite sport. Football, number one, no doubt. 
no doubt I think it's the greatest sport ever. There's a lot of intricate details that you probably don't see as a, just like a normal casual watcher. Mm -hmm. So a lot that goes into that stuff on game day throughout the whole week. The amount of preparation and effort is absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah, Tyler's been sending um, Al, or another friend of ours, <clears throat> some texts about some breakdowns of some plays and defenses and things that go into certain uh, offensive or defensive play calling. And there was that <clears throat> video a while back on Twitter about that receiver from the Rams. Right? Cooper Cup, yep. Like breaking down why he did this route, why he got open and how he made it. And it was like super intense. And you think to yourself, a lot of people think that athletes are just jocks. Yeah. But that's just not true. Like especially when you get to the highest levels, you have to have – uh, a lot of knowledge about the play calling, about the other defense, about what routes you might want to take. You have to be super in sync with your quarterback. And he explained that in like a 15 to 20 second clip that nobody understood. And then... Not nobody. Well, you, you get my point, right? Yep. Very <laughs> few people understood. Then Emmanuel yeah. Acho, who is yep. another Division One football player, and he played professionally. Yep. Um, super amazing guy. You yep. should definitely follow him. But he broke it down in a video... And then we watched both of those, and then Tyler sent us like some clips, uh, or some text clips about breaking it down, and it was like pretty sweet how much just one play call of a receiver getting open the end zone, what like the path to breaking that down is, and how you understand it on a, a level to get that touchdown. Yeah, and basically the yeah what we still explained even those things, like it seems like a far fetched detailed thing. But in reality, he gave you very, very general terms. And yeah, there, it goes, yeah, so deep. And yeah, it's crazy. It really is. It really is. It's it's uh, very detail-oriented sport that you probably don't see because all you see is headbanging, right? Right. You just see the end result of all the hard work. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My second favorite sport would be hard because I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably baseball just because I know a lot about it. Yeah. You know, throughout my whole years of doing this, you learn different things. I think I learned more in American Association than I could have learned ever anywhere. Uh, just because you're with, like I played with Repco. It has a World Series ring. So you just kind of, and I'm more of a guy who's like a sponge, right? I have my own <laughs> opinions. I let those be known, but I also will be a sponge and listen to those who have more knowledge mm -hmm. or perceive more knowledge maybe sure um and yeah so i learned a lot then so i yeah i would say baseball probably just because of the knowledge but i honestly don't think watching it is my favorite thing to do uh i like the playoffs mm -hmm. but yeah if there was football or baseball on i'd probably choose that i really enjoy watching hockey uh, i've read like three or four hockey books over the last few years because I didn't understand necessarily the rules or like the dynamic of it. And obviously me being a sports guy, I understand that there's details that you could never fathom within those sports. So I like to get the information on that. Uh, so I, over the years, I've grown more fond of hockey. Mm -hmm. I think it's an incredible sport. And I'm more on the, I'm more on the, the vicious sports, right? Like I like the brutal. Yeah, you like UFC? Love UFC. Mm -hmm. I grew up with that though, right? That's my dad. Right. Um, like boxing and UFC, martial arts. Uh, my dad was a black belt karate, uh, fought Randy Couture in the UFC and mm -hmm. MMA. Not UFC, but MMA. Um, and so I grew up with that. 
that's kind of in my blood, you know? Right. So, yeah, some of UFC is kind of hard for me. I don't like the, the brutal injuries of, like, leg kicks and, you know, I, I think those should be banned and stuff because people are snapping their legs and stuff. Uh, I don't like to watch that stuff, but I don't mind watching people getting punched in the face and bleeding a little bit purely because you have the choice to do so, right? No one's forcing these people to get in there, so if they get in there... Uh, I can understand how on the opposite end, people wouldn't watch it and, and say negative things about it. Uh, but personally, I enjoy it. Mm. I understand the technicalities of all of this. There's so much that goes into that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the same way you think about football, right? You think about all these other sports, the same thing can be said. But specifically UFC, right? The fans watching, right, is just entertainment for them, right? Yeah, it's more like a gladiator type experience, right? Yeah, coming from a guy, right, who does professional wrestling, right, which is majority in entertainment yeah. um, sport, right? right? But there is a lot of back-end stuff that sure. has to be perfectly executed for me and my opponent to stay safe while we entertain the fans. Right. And now that's even more scripted than the UFC, right? There's no script. Yeah, everything is You're scripted. getting in and getting punched in the face. Everything, to, yeah. everything in the UFC outside of the ring is scripted. Right, 100%. Everything outside of the they they, they took they took that idea from WWE right? How do you yep. sell a fight? Yep. How do we sell the Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? Okay, we that's we sell it. We sell it as this. We build promos. We have heated rivalries. We bring this stuff in. One guy win. One guy talk shit. One guy's the good guy, the bad guy, whatever. Right? Boom. And they have the match. People go nuts. Yeah. So all that stuff on the outside of the ring. Yeah. And then WWE is obviously scripted inside the ring as well because we're we're basically yeah. pretending to do a fight, right? There's a lot of. Um, risk involved high level of risk involved if you're not a consummate professional you don't know exactly what you're doing with your kicks and your punches and dropping people very close to their head and all these things that's why injuries happen ufc took that added it to their fight game to the promos and the packages and yeah. the conor mcgregor's right but once they get yeah. in the octagon they are actively trying to beat the shit out of someone but that's all of that's the only thing that the outside fan sees yeah. they also have a game plan right because they know the other guy's game plan. Okay, he leans this way. Yeah, there's a chess match. He throws two yeah. jabs and a, and a kick. Okay, how do I avoid that kick? But Correct. I counter the kick. He likes yeah. to go for the rear naked choke. How do I think of his counter while I'm thinking of my counter while his counter is countering that counter? All while getting punched in the face. All while someone's trying to, to, to beat the shit out of you, right? Yeah. And so it's not just... I, I I'm, goes back to my saying of like the dumb jock. Like that really bothers me. Me too. Because... It's not possible. You can obviously speak on this as well. But going back to college, if you're a Division One athlete... You are doing a full-time job while being an athlete, yeah. and you are going to school, which is also a full-time job. Yeah. Like, all of us got good grades, relatively speaking, right? It's hard, beast. My situation different, right? Most of you guys tried. Yep. Yeah, we tried. Yep. We tried. And so you can't get any of that stuff done by just, like, being what people think that athletes are. And so that I think that that's something, I, at least in this episode, that I, the point I'm trying to get across. Yeah, I think you can be quote on quotations a dumb jock even at the division one level and i can explain that because i think that some of the higher end schools you play football at alabama bro it don't matter they're going to take care of you sure right different topic different thing right sure. but at the end of the day they have to be intelligent about the sport that they play right like, they have to be specialized just like they, anyone else you don't have to be an position. intelligent person right per se mm -hmm. right at some of these schools True. At our school, you did, right? Like you, yeah, no one was giving right. us a break. Right, you don't get a break like you do at You're Alabama at football. State. You get it done. Right. So, yeah, it's a little bit different, right? But, yeah, I agree with you to an extent. I think you can be, quote-unquote, dumber, right, less intelligent, 
than the average human being at some of the schools. But for the most part, you're 100% spot on. And you have to be intelligent about the sport that you're playing or you won't play. Right. Well, it's just like any other specialized position, right? If, I, if I'm trying to hire a plumber, all yep. I care about is that they're really good at plumbing. Right. I'm not going to ask them to come to my house and do mathematics. Yep. Because that's not their specialty. Correct. They're specializing in, in plumbing. Right. I called them over to my house because they're specialized in that. Yep. So if I'm a, def uh, a defensive end in Alabama, I'm still specialized in that portion and I'm really good at that job. Right. Uh, not to say that you can't be well-rounded in multiple areas, right? Especially if it's like a handyman relating it back to plumbing. But that's unimportant and super off-tangent. <clears throat> but, you're, yeah, exactly what your point is. I think it's great. So. And get back to your point about all favorite sport or whatever it's hard to choose mm -hmm. nfl no question college football by far my favorite nfl is the number one but uh i love all sports yeah right i didn't know much about soccer learned about it because i'm interested in that i think it's crazy i hate the flopping and we'll talk about that later. we talk about the another time but but i understand why they do it with the cards and different things like that i understand the rules i read books about that too soccer fascinates me because of the amount of people that watch this sport right it's different it's not an americanized sport mm -hmm. it's it's different right and um yeah there's a lot of sports i my good buddy of ours that went to school with us uh michael finicaro he he is infatuated with tennis he plays tennis all the time yeah i love tennis I think it's an amazing sport he told me he wishes that he had my body because he would be a professional tennis player because he's too small to play tennis apparently so then I learned about that. I, I listened to him. I watched stuff like that. I figured out my favorite player. Mm. So now I watch him when he's like, the Australian Open is going on right now. It's yeah. one of the biggest tournaments, if not the biggest tournament. Right. So whenever Stefano Sissipas plays, he's from Greece, mm. I turn it on and watch it. That's awesome. Yeah, I just enjoy sports, right? So I don't know if necessarily there is like a, a list of favorite sports, like in order, you know. Mm. But there's number one and then the rest fall, mm. fall behind. I have two questions for you. Beautiful. I'm not sure. Okay, so I'll leave the, this one is about sport. The last one is about sports. It, it, it would fit in this conversation right now, but I'll leave it to the end. Okay. I think it's a good ender. This one's about football. Yeah. Two questions regarding football. Today is January 20th, 2022. I think this episode will either come out right before or right after the Super Bowl. Who wins the Super Bowl? Um, at the beginning of the season, I, I sports gamble a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Colorado's legal. Uh, I picked the Rams to lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Is that still your pick? That is a significantly big audit bet that I took. Uh, that's a, that's alive and well right now. That is super alive and well. That's cool. I actually think I'm incorrect though. Okay, so you okay? So let's let's get it let's get it clear, right? So you put yep. a bet at the be very beginning of the NFL season, correct? For the Chiefs to, to beat win the Rams to, be, to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Now that we have the second round of the playoffs happening starting tomorrow, yeah, I could have told you in Week 14 that I was incorrect. So who do you think now? Green Bay Packers versus the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't think anybody is beating the Green Bay Packers. So you think Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, and I don't even think it's because of Aaron Rodgers. Well. I think he will. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers. You get what I'm saying? But yeah. he, he will not be the reason that they win. Someone else will. Yeah. Their defense is about to. Yeah. Their defense is. Yeah. Their defense has been doing it all year mm -hmm. uh, without, without Zadarius, without Jair, 
Uh, Razul Douglas had to step up, make big plays. Now he gets to go back to the other side because Jair's back. They get their guys back. Whitney Merciless. I mean, bro, they got guys all over the field on the defensive side. Uh, Frank or uh, um, Homeboy defensive tackles back. I, I I don't see how a team currently can score enough to beat Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Unreal. If Robert Tanyan was playing for the Green Bay Packers out torn ACL, if he was playing for the Packers, there would be absolutely no question. I would put everything that I have money-wise on the Green Bay Packers. He is a difference maker, so it's a little tougher. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs are very, very good. So this game this week uh-huh. between the Bills and the Chiefs, you can quote me on it. Whoever wins that game will be in the Super Bowl. Um, the Tennessee Titans or Cincinnati Bengals cannot be either of those teams. Okay. Okay, circle back to this episode to, uh, to, to keep Tyler accountable on his picks. Keep me accountable. And send us some notes about it. Last question about football before we go into the final question. Yes. Who's your league MVP? Aaron Rodgers, there's no question. I realize Tom Brady has better yards, this, that, this, that, this, that. If you look into the detailed stats of the season, Aaron Rodgers only throwing four interceptions while being in the top three of most times thrown past 25 yards is absolutely the most crazy thing that I've seen in a long, long time. His team being number one in the East, or I mean, sorry, in the NFC, uh, where Tom Brady was not. Uh, the trials and tribulations that the Packers have had, obviously Devontae Adams has been healthy all year. The Bucks have had some too, you mm-hmm. know, Leonard Fournette. Evans, Godwin, a few things here. Gronkowski being hurt a few times. All in all, there's way more talent if you had full healthy players on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think what Aaron Rodgers has done with the 37-4 and four is crazy. There's nothing like it I've ever seen, to be honest with you. To be clear, that's 37 touchdowns, touchdown passes, four interceptions over a 17-game NFL season, which is incredibly efficient while probably what being in the top five in yards thrown. Yes. Probably, I think. I'm not sure. He is. Okay. Uh, it's close. Maybe. He's like six or seven probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is, is that the, the top six touchdown interception ratios are all Aaron Rodgers. He's so good at manipulating the defense and not being able he, – he manages his, his risk, right? Like we talk about risk versus reward in real life. There's that in football as well. When you throw the ball over the 25 yards, the risk goes up significant, right? The ball is in the air longer. These guys are so fast and – they understand their coverages and stuff like that. They understand by film what Devontae Adams is going to do on this particular route, and they can read that a little bit. So what Aaron Rodgers does is crazy, only throwing four interceptions. Playing a full season minus a game is, is on a broken toe. Mm-hmm. Like People don't understand what the broken toe does to a quarterback. Ah, it's crazy. I, I have no question, no doubt in my mind that he should win, and if he doesn't win, it's purely a manipulated corporational uh, yeah. Over COVID. Yeah, we don't have to go in far depth than that, but right. <clears throat> there's some, there's something there. Stats based wise, there's no question. Yeah, he's the MVP of the league. I agree to. Yep. Uh, based on his numbers as an NFL football player Correct. in the NFL. Yep. He is the MVP of the league. Yes. Circles back exactly to what we just talked about. He's a highly intelligent, highly motivated, yep. highly skilled professional football player, especially at the quarterback position. Oh man. Beautiful. One of the best ever do it. Yeah, I agree. I, I would take him on my team any day. And he went to Cal Berkeley, which is where my dad went. And so I... It's cool. Yeah, it's cool, it's cool. Anyways, all right, final question. Bring it all back together, you know, uh, from all what we talked about. The big thing. 
optimism, gratitude, nature, mental health, sports, all the way leading up to why do you think it's important for kids to play sports? Oh, brilliant question. I think that sports are unlike anything else in this world, purely because of the amount of positive things that it brings to you. We're talking about character. We're talking about resiliency. We're talking about being a part of a team. We're talking about communication. We're talking about uh, learning how to accept failure and to work past that failure. Uh, I mean, I could go on with lists and lists of, of good things that come from it. And I don't think that there's anything like it. Uh, most of your life, even in the workforce, I would say 75% of the time you're working as part of a team, maybe even more than that, right? Because the team might not be individually like me and you are working together on this project, but I'm working on this project so that he can work on this project so that he can work on this project and then we have an end goal in sight for the corporation, right? It's all right? synergistically. Right, so it's all together, right? And that's what sports is, right? Say, for instance, I'm a quarterback. I can't control the job of the wide receiver. Now, I can control it partially like you can consider the quarterback the CEO. He'll tell this guy how and, and what to do Right, but he can't do it for him. He still has to do it. Right, so we're part of a team here to become, we have an end goal. And we all have to work together from the lineman to the quarterback to the wide receivers to the tight end to everyone has to work together to perform one objective per play that goes to the next one that goes to the next one to eventually get our end goal of winning. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's the same for a corporation, same for a small business, same for anything, same for life. I think if you try to go through life by yourself, way, way, I don't want to say too difficult because I think that some people can handle it, but some can't. And so I think it's harder. I think you have to have people in your corner. You have to have people you can communicate with. You have to have people that you can trust. Same for, for any sport. If you can't trust the person behind you, you're doomed. Mm -hmm. So I think it allows you to so many things i mean it's crazy it's it allows you to to take a step back kind of like a, a trust fall almost right you have to learn how to be able to let go for a second and understand that you can trust him mm -hmm. right to build the strength within yourself to be able to allow someone to provide that uh energy or whatever it is for you to trust them. Mm -hmm. You never open up to that, whatever. And you're I think- You're missing out on something special. Right, and I think sports does that subconsciously, mm -hmm. right? I think there's a lot of things that you grow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's the same as like making your bed every morning. You learn to have, I don't know what word I'm looking for here. Um, a commitment, a discipline. A discipline, mm. right, yeah. Out of everything that it creates, it creates integrity and discipline. Mm -hmm. You have to work at this. I think it teaches you work ethic as well. For sure. There's a lot. Of, I think sports is something unlike anything else. I don't think that's necessarily why I am so tied into it. I think that might be a partial bit for me personally. Mm -hmm. Mine's more of detail-oriented. Right, understanding the the work ethic, the details, and all of the stuff that goes with all of these professional sports, even like college level to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, high level college for sure. Yeah, 
it, then you even get even further, right? Yeah. Like pros even further. Mm -hmm. And the, then you get the big leagues and you get, you know, mm -hmm. even further and even further. And I think the difference between the people obviously is God-given talent. But all of those people up at that NFL level or MLB level or whatever worked so hard to get to that point. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of misunderstood maybe. Mm -hmm. That people just think that they're freaks in nature. You think Barry Bonds was just a freak? No. I do. Well, Partially. It's, it's constant, consistent effort on top of what you, you might have been given, right? Yep. It's here. And then, of course. And yeah. here. Yeah, of course it's in, in the mental. Uh, everyone who yep. watches this podcast knows that I believe that to be true. Yep. Yeah, I think an, an important role that sports played in my life, because um, I think sports in general, especially for a young person, mm -hmm. they, they parallel life, right? And they teach you a lot of valuable lessons yep. that um, are going to be hard to be taught elsewhere in life, and they could be taught elsewhere in life in a more painful manner. Yeah. Right? You're going to get taught those lessons because yeah. you have to. Yep. But it might be in a different scenario or situation than what you could have learned in a field, a court, you know, whatever, in a sports dynamic. And I think what it taught me the most is that you, if you're going to go into something that you truly love, you have to expect it to be a long process before anything good happens. Can I change the word good? Sure. Because I think that involving yourself in any of that is great, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're performing these activities, sports, it's good. Yeah. Right? I understand where you're coming from. You're, you're saying like good in life, right? No, I'm saying good at your sport. Right. Like, so... For, Some let people... Me, let me yeah. give an example of yeah. what I mean, how it relates, right? I started playing baseball at the age of four. Yep. I started three. Yep. I stopped playing baseball at the age of 22. Yep. So, I didn't feel like I was any good at baseball until my junior year of college. So, that was, I don't know, 15 years in. What's 15 plus four? 19? Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't feel like I was any good at baseball until 15 years after I started playing. Now, that was just a personal perception, Correct. right? Obviously, I was, or maybe it wasn't obvious, I was decent at baseball enough to, to do whatever I did in the sport. But personally, on an internal level, like, like having actual genuine confidence, because we pretend to have confidence for a long time in sports, um, but you build real, actual, anti-fragile confidence through a lot of different ways. But that's a subject for a different matter, or... Never mind. Anyways, I'm sure I've talked about it on a podcast conference. But the point being is that I didn't feel actually confident, like really confident every time I stepped on the baseball field until about 15 years deep into my career. And so if we can have, I'm not saying every endeavor that you take, it's going to take you 15 years to feel confident in that endeavor. But I'm saying if you're willing to invest in the long term in something that means something to you, there will always be positive dividends at the end. And so I talked about goals and intentions and resolutions in a previous podcast that came out. And if you want to, if your goal is to lose 150 pounds, like that's your goal, you cannot expect your body to be completely different within three months, right? You have to give yourself a long time to do something that is long-term and sustainable over the course of your life. And so sports make you realize that you enter in a profession or a field or a hobby or something that you're curious about as a fool, as a, I didn't know how to throw a baseball when I first started. I was a fool when I entered. But entering as a fool or entering with a beginner's mindset is the only way to reach a level of self-mastery or mastery in said sport. And so that's what I extrapolated from sports. So when I got into the podcasting game or the, red, or the wrestling game or being an entrepreneur or starting any of my own business or being a whatever that is, right? I knew that I was a fool at the beginning of those endeavors, but I jumped in anyways because I had passion for it. 
And now 82 episodes in, I'm decent at hosting a podcast. I'm not as good as like Tim Ferriss or Rich Roll or these guys that do it for a living, right? Um, I'm just started being an entrepreneur. I'm decent at it, but I'm, I'm willing to have, I'm willing to not have it figured out to eventually sort of have it figured out. Does that make sense? hundred percent. And so that's what I, uh, took from sports and it's helped me in all areas of my life to be able to jump into the deep end while really not knowing how to swim, but doggy paddling to get out of the deep end until I had it figured out. And then still knowing once I thought I had it figured out that I don't have it figured out, but still moving forward anyways, and having learned and gained and grown along the way and towards this path. Because like, there's this like mountaintop, right? There's a mountaintop that people think they're going to reach when they start aiming at things. But that mountaintop just keeps getting farther and farther away because the process is really where the beauty lies. Right. And so you just keep extending that out, but you have to celebrate along the way. Like I've celebrated every step along the way in terms of my businesses, them being profitable, making money off this, or having a guest here, seven people viewing this episode, or whatever the case may be. Is All that stuff is just amazing stuff along the way, and that's what I learned from sports on top of all of the things that you said, right? Teamwork, honesty, integrity, yeah, 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 hard work, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Those yeah. are the basic ones that people think about. Yep. But I'm thinking about like, this is how you can practically apply something in sport for anyone who's listening, who's just ending their sports career, right? Who may be a division one athlete or any athlete that's just ending, right? You you can- uh, Tough. It's very hard. Tough. Very hard. But you can remove all of those strengths that you associated only with being an athlete into other areas of your life. And there's other passions. There's other things that you're curious about that you can aim at to add to add meaning in your life once again that's not related to sport. Or it could be in sports. You have to tell them that. You know oh, yeah. I mean? Of course it can be in sport. But right. it's not going to be as an athlete is what I'm saying. Right. It can be doing other thing in sport. But that's right. a different, also a different mindset Correct. to get in. Right. Like you're not the one on the field competing. Maybe you're coaching yeah. the people who are on the field competing. Or maybe you're the back end. Maybe you're the agent. Maybe you're trying to get people the money that they deserve because you didn't you didn't have that up. Whatever the case may be is, right? There's a lot of things, but you need to extrapolate those strengths and add them to something else because they're there. They're yours. They're intrinsic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with everything you said. I, the number one thing I think sports does for you is resiliency because yeah, you are going to fail. Yep. Like there's no question 100% you will fail. Especially if you're a baseball player, you're going to fail seven out of ten times. Yeah. And if you do that, you're really good, to mm -hmm. be honest. So, yeah, I think it teaches you a lot of different things. I think I got lucky enough to be good at a sport uh, that has that, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Um, some sports you don't fail as much. Right. You do. Like, you're going to fail, but yeah. Yeah. Failure is part of the journey. Failure is a beautiful part, and it's an important part. It's a necessary part, and it's an inevitable part. Yeah. So I, accept it, learn from it, grow from it, and go from there. I think your people who didn't play sports have a harder time of course. with failure. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm, I'm speaking in general, right? I don't want to say like an individual person, right? Because right, right, right. each people are different. All general. This is all generally speaking. Right, right, right. right. You don't know people's, we don't know people's lives. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're speaking from our own experience, generally. My resilience came a few times, but in reality, like you said you didn't think you were a good baseball until junior year. I'm going to tell you right now, I had confidence in myself since I was three. I saw videos of myself when I was three. I was playing with five-year-olds. I'm literally in the outfield grabbing the ball, running, touching second, touching first, doing it all by myself. I had it figured out at that young age. And I had it all the way figured out. And in high school, I was an All-American, right? I had it figured out. I was the real deal. Uh, and then I got to my freshman year, and I was the only freshman that traveled, didn't play much, understood why. Freshman. 
Went to JUCO, had an incredible, incredible year. Probably signed with SDSU too early, to be honest with you. But it happened. Uh, not regretful of that at all. But I'm going to tell you right now, when I got to SDSU, the coaches ruined me. I was not the same baseball player I was. I was actually garbage comparatively. Had zero confidence. Had everything changed about me. Was not my same self at all. So in order to become who I thought I was, not thought, who I was, I missed out on two years of getting better. Mm-hmm. So, so those those two years were probably the most important mm-hmm. uh, in terms of growth for that individual sport. Right. I missed out on that. Uh, so the the process from from that to going to pro sports was very difficult because nobody, and I mean nobody, told me or said. You can be a professional athlete considering what my numbers and what I did at SDSU, Mm -hmm. right? So that's where when I talk about my personal experience, the resiliency and having confidence in myself when everyone else did not and it got completely shut out. Don't know how I was able to do it, to be completely honest with you. A lot of long, hard conversations with my parents, some other folks, maybe you, to be honest. I don't know. Don't really remember that. But uh yeah, it was that. That honestly, it, it, I think, is what tied me to sports even more. Mm-hmm. Especially when I was able to conquer, partially conquer that. So, my, yeah, obviously my story is a little different than yours. Yeah, uh, they're all different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, yeah, I think in the, in the long, obviously we went a long way around this. But to tie it all together, I think that's what makes it special. Yeah. Is that everyone's different, but it's all the same, right? There's always resiliency. There's always yeah, yeah, yeah. The core values that you can get from sports are, are all the same, and they're all the same for anything that you find meaningful and purposeful in your life that allows you to aim at something, right? So whatever you find passion, whatever you find purpose in, allows you to have a, it allows it to be a vehicle in your life to move you forward in the direction that you want to go to, which has is more character driven, more value driven more responsibility driven. That's what sports did for us. I'm not sure what it could be for the viewer or the listener. It could also just be an entertainment. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be. It could you know be anything. I mean? could yeah. be anything that you're yeah. curious about. You don't have to feel the same way that I do. Of course, you don't have to feel the no, same way Actually, probably 99% of people probably don't feel that way. No, but right? but they, they're going to feel how they feel about a certain subject. Correct. Which could give them the same type of emotional response it did for you, the, the same resiliency, the same grit, the same attitude about teamwork. Yep. And things of that nature. And that's the point of having these conversations. Right. Right. Your story has a, uh, obviously, a very personal touch to it. But someone hears it, it resonates with them. And then they apply that to their own life in an inward way of thinking about it deeply. And then translating it and then transforming their own life. And that's all that it means. So, thanks, Tyler. Welcome. Beautiful chat. Love you. Love to see you. Love to see you, too. <clears throat> I'll see you in March. Yep. And uh, thank you for watching. Episode 82 of Jackson Talks, everybody. Share this episode with your best friend. And then send the episode. Then text them after. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them how much they mean to you. Watch this episode together. Let me know what resonates with you. I'll share it with Tyler. I appreciate the community we're starting here. or have here. or have started and growing here. At Jackson Talks, everybody. Hope this finds you doing really well. And I'll see you next time.